Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Ford Motor Company's fourth quarter 2022 earnings call. With me today are Jim Farley, our President and CEO, and John Lawler, our Chief Financial Officer. Hello and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie and I am your host and we have... Ford's Q4 2022 earnings call. And man, was it an interesting one. I was actually not looking forward to doing this earnings call. I was like, ah, Ford really hasn't done much of anything. Maybe they'll talk about the EV pricing wars. But no, it was actually very interesting, I thought. So um, I hope you enjoy it. Before we get into it, I just want to remind you that my other podcast, Shuffle Playlist, I have a link in the show notes. And on this latest episode, we talk about the song Sabotage as covered by Korn and Slipknot. Now, I am not a big Slipknot fan. I'm not a Slipknot fan at all, actually. But I do like Korn a lot. And I, I really like the Slipknot singer's voice. I just don't know any Slipknot songs. But... Uh, take a listen. It's less than 10 minutes. I think it's about seven minutes long. It's not very long. So I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Also on other podcasts that I'll be on, on the latest episode of NoSillaCast with Allison Sheridan, um, I did some extra interviews at CES. On the latest episode of NoSillaCast, uh, I talked to the folks at... Psionic, which is a company that builds bionic hands for amputees. It was a really cool interview. And then next week, Allison will release the other two interviews that I did at CES. And honestly, <laughs> it was a month ago. I don't remember what they were. One was a company that could measure your brain waves and determine if you're at risk of Alzheimer's or dementia, which honestly, I'm that's a dubious claim, but they have data to back up that they were like 90 something percent accurate. But, um, and then the other one, the third one, I actually forgot. I don't, I can't, I've been racking my brain. I don't remember what it was. And I already deleted the files. So I'll have to go back and look at that. But anyway, uh, go to podfeed.com and subscribe to the Nocilla Cast podcast. And uh, Allison's got a bunch of other stuff on there. And I do want to say that Allison and Bart Bouchotts did a Security Bits segment. And I love these segments. One, because I really like Bart and Allison and I like them together. They 
make a good team, but two, you learn a lot about security and what's going on in the world of cybersecurity. So I highly, highly, highly recommend it. All right, let's go ahead and jump into Ford's Q2, Q4 2022 earnings call. We're going to start off with Jim Farley's opening remarks. And opening remarks as it relates to EVs, um, I left a little bit in there about Ford's overall business because that was kind of a big part of the call. And I thought it was important to leave in there. So let's go ahead and listen. I'll start by addressing the obvious. Our fourth quarter and full year financial performance last year fell short of our potential. And while we generated record cash flow, we left about $2 billion of profit on the table due to cost and especially continued supply chain issues. These are the simple facts. And I, and to say I'm frustrated is an understatement because the year could have been so much more for us at Ford. Now, I know the question you must be asking, why Ford with that incredible product lineup and all the restructuring overseas, why aren't you delivering higher profits and more competitive margins? And it's the right question. So let me share my perspective. With Ford Plus Plan, we are executing a double transformation. While we're making progress, it's hard work. As with any transformation of this magnitude, certain parts are moving faster than I expected and other parts are taking longer. At this point in our journey, I did not expect to be number two in EV sales in the U.S., I didn't know that Lightning would be completely sold out, and I didn't predict that Blue Cruise would be the best hands-free autonomy system in the market. Now, we're going to future-proof this business by leading the commercial electrification solutions as well, both at E-Transit and F-150 Lightning today. E-Transit is already America's top-selling electric van with 73% market share. 60% of all of our U.S. fleet managers plan to add an electric vehicle within the next two years to their fleet. And that's even before the $7,500 IRA tax credit that was announced and applies irregardless of the location of raw materials or batteries. And in quality, we have work to do. Ford has been the number one in recalls in the U.S. for the last two years. Clearly, that's not acceptable. We've overhauled our entire enterprise quality operating system, and we are already seeing improvements in initial quality for vehicles coming out of our plants here in North America. And Model E, it's operating with a startup intensity to build profitable EVs with differentiated industry-leading portfolios that customers are going to love. In the U.S., our EV sales growth is twice the rate of the EV segment, and more than 60% of our Model E customers are new to Ford. The F-150 Lightning has been America's best-selling electric pickup since it launched, and the Mustang Mach-E remains a huge hit for our customers. We remain on track to reach our annualized EV production capacity of 50,000 units per month or 600,000 units globally by the end of this year. For reference, in the fourth quarter, 
our run rate of production was more like 12,000. So 50,000 is a big growth. And by the end of, and we are on plan for that 2 million units of incremental capacity by the end of 2026. Now to deliver this incredible growth, as we speak throughout facilities in North America, we're adding shifts, expanding our facilities, building out new battery capacity and assembly capacity. Construction is in full swing in Tennessee and Kentucky on our Blue Oval City and our three Blue Oval SK battery plants. And in Europe, we're moving ahead with a new commercial vehicle battery facility in Turkey. Now, critical to our plan is securing the necessary raw materials for these batteries to get to that 2 million unit rate, especially lithium and lithium hydroxide and nickel. We expect to have 100% of raw materials we need for the 2 million unit run rate secured by the end of this year. Now, we are deep in the development of our second generation EVs, including our next generation electric full-size pickup, which, by the way, is awesome. These EVs will be fully software updatable. That means a brand new electric architecture and they're going to be radically simplified. Imagine three body styles, each with volume potential of up to 1 million units and just a handful of audible combinations. That's what we're doing at Ford for the second generation of products. And that means higher customer sat, better quality, lower bill material, and lower manufacturing costs. When we, started report, when we start reporting according to these new segments in the first quarter, you're going to have complete visibility in the Model E's margin trajectory and understand the key levers to achieve our Model E EBIT target of 8%. We're already making the customer buying experience better with less friction. Now, this is only going to accelerate when the new Model E dealer program takes effect in January next year. This program has been adopted by nearly two-thirds of our 3,000 U.S. dealers, and it's based on a radical redesign on our customer experience. Next January, we'll be selling EVs in high volume with virtually no inventory, a simple e-commerce platform for our customers, non-negotiated price set by the local dealer, and remote and pickup and delivery for all customer experiences. We're also expanding Blue Oval Charging Network at all of our dealers, and we'll have dealer staff trained not only on software, but all the EVs. Now, I've said before, software and experiences will be the key differentiator for our industry. I mentioned earlier that Blue Cruise, our driver-assist hands-free technology, was just tested by Consumer Reports and judged the best hands-free autonomous system on the market. Just let that sink in for a while the best on the market. Now, have you not experienced Blue Cruise? I challenge you to go out and do your side-by-side comparison with our two major competitors. And at the end of last year, our customers using Blue Cruise have now traveled 42 million hands-free miles. So we're scaling incredibly rapidly. That's a four-fold increase in the millions of miles 
since the second quarter of last year. And we have incredible software talent making this system better every day, including those 600 former Argo engineers who are now working full-time at Ford on our autonomous systems. Now, before I hand it over to John, just a few things. Ford's a different company today. We're all about building a stronger customer-focused business that generates sustainable, profitable growth and returns above the cost of capital. While our 2022 results fell short of my expectations, I've never been more excited about our future because we have the right plan, the right structure to succeed, the best team on the field, and real strategic clarity. This year is about execution. It's time for us to deliver, and we will with relentless attention to our founding principles, thrift and growth. And we are hitting the ground running. All right. I thought that was a pretty decent opening remarks from Jim Farley. I don't have a lot to say about this other than I was a little bit surprised to hear that e-transit has 70% of the market. Um, maybe it was 70% of the van, the, the electric van market as far as, you know, um, utility vans go, but they can't have 70% of the whole van market. That doesn't, utility van market, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, also, just kind of as a side note, Mercedes has started producing their sprinter vans, their electric sprinter vans, so Ford's going to face some competition there. Ford was number one in recalls and had a lot of quality issues. So that was surprising to me, actually, especially since they kind of called out Tesla, <laughs> Jim Farley did, on some quality issues that Tesla had. Uh, yeah, Ford had number one in recalls. That's that's a little embarrassing for the company. Uh, they're building out the EV infrastructure. They talked a little bit about the next-gen full-size pickup. And I have a question for the really smart folks who are listening to this show. What do you think that full-size pickup is going to be? Is it going to be an updated F-150 Lightning? Is it going to be a replacement for the Lightning? You know, something kind of in that realm, but different? Or is it going to be a heavy-duty pickup truck? Uh, Full-size kind of leaves out the Maverick and the Ranger, um, as far as I know. They're not full-size pickup trucks. So I'm interested to see what they're up to. My guess is the heavy-duty pickup, but because they they mentioned the heavy-duty pickup trucks several times and how they're excited about the about where that truck's going. So that's my guess. All right, next up, we have just a few words from Jim, or excuse me, John Lawler, the CFO of Ford and their struggles. He actually talked for quite a while, but I didn't include all that. I just kind of included what I thought was important and what captured the essence of this earnings call. So let's go ahead and listen to that. As Jim pointed out, our performance in 2022 was below our expectations and our industrial platform is frankly not where we need it to be. A simple way I measure this is by looking at our cost of goods sold as a percent of revenue and then compare it to our competition. You've all done it. We're much higher. And this speaks to the significant operating deficits we have in product development, manufacturing, and procurement. And this is no different from the tough capital allocation choices we made about our geographic footprint and product portfolio. Choices designed to yield higher quality growth and improved returns. 
And we are now applying that same level of discipline to our industrial platform with urgency. In China, we posted a loss of about $600 million, driven by increased investment in EVs. Lincoln continues to be our profit pillar in the region, but clearly we have more work to do to ensure our business is growing, sustainable, and delivering appropriate returns. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So John Lawler, very contrite. Jim Farley, very contrite in their demeanor. Um, it sounds like Ford did not have a very good year in terms of efficiencies, and they have a lot to improve upon. This earnings call kind of reflected that a lot, actually, throughout the whole thing. They, they took responsibility for how the company did in 2022. And one of the things I noticed is that when the F-150 Lightning came out, they were very cocky, and they, they were kind of punchy towards Tesla. They were not punchy towards anybody on this earnings call. Um, they had the right attitude. They didn't blame anybody. They took responsibility for it. And um, I don't know. It was kind of refreshing to see, honestly. In our next clip, we are going to hear what happened to Ford this, this quarter or this year in 2022 in John Lawler and Jim Farley's own words. So let's listen to that. Hey, uh, Jim. Hey, everybody. Um, I appreciate the humility and the self-criticism and the spirit of that. 
on the cost and the execution shortfall. Um, it's kind of refreshing um, to see that. Um, but you know, when you when you begin the description about it and how frustrated frustrated you are, Jim, and and how it's not good enough, I was getting all excited to hear some details. And there's just not a lot here. Okay, there's, I'm just going to say there's not a lot of details at all about what exactly the problem is and what you're doing about it and how much get and get better this year. Um, you can disagree if you want. That's just my impression. I want to know what it is. And because $2 billion on the table, frankly, that's 130 bips of margin. I mean, that's going to go to the consumer anyway. So tell us that's just the beginning and there's way more to go. Do we have to wait until May for that? Or is there anything else you can tell us to help model the company in the year ahead and what you're doing about it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. Uh, no, there's, there's a lot more to go. Um, and you know, the industrial system at Ford is, uh, is a huge opportunity for us. Um, and we have spent the last several months really getting deep on where we need to go. So John, maybe you could share, uh, what we're feeling comfortable on sharing, but you're going to hear a drumbeat from Ford on this all during the year. Yeah. So, um, Adam, I think if you just step back and look at the three elements of the industrial platform, there's opportunities across each. Um, if you look at our product development system and in our engineering, the level of productivity that we have. So think about a dollar of input and what you get out for that dollar of input is probably about 25 to 30% inefficient. So we should be either getting more product through the pipeline or we sh our cost should be significantly lower. Now we have to be very smart about we how we go about doing that because we've got incredible products in the pipeline and there's a huge opportunity uh, on that front, but we also have to balance the quality as well. And so when it comes to our engineering I think you should think about it that way, and that's what we're going after. Our supply chain, there are issues across the supply chain. It cost us, as we talked about last year, at least a billion dollars in premiums that we had to pay, increased freight, premiums on chips, premiums on um, disruption that we caused our suppliers because our schedule stability was probably worst in class. And fixing mm -hmm. that and the root cause that gets to that will drive incredible opportunities for us. And let's say that for 2023, it should be at least an incremental billion dollars, at least. Uh -huh. And then when you look at our manufacturing system um, and you go through our plants, you look at the level of working capital we have in, you look at our production schedules, you look at the complexity and what it does for uh, the time that it takes us to build a vehicle. And you understand just how inefficient that is. And then you bring that back through, that complexity back through the supply chain. And you talk about the number of changeovers that our suppliers have to make um, to produce the complexity that we have and the time that that adds to uh, production and the time that it adds to cost and the issues that it drives through. So those are just some of the tip of the iceberg of the things we're going after. And then if you go back and you look at it, as I said in my remarks, just you look at the math and you look at our cost of goods sold relative to our revenue and then compare that to traditional OEMs, let OEMs, let alone the new OEMs, and you see the size of the price that we're going after. Uh -huh. um, 
And, and you know, what's changed, Adam? I, I think the answer is, is we just have to show you guys. I mean, that's where we're at. We have to deliver it. Um, but as Jim said, as we're taking this lean approach and getting into it, there's a very systematic way we're going at it now. And we are very focused. And we know that this is the number one thing that needs to get fixed in the first part of our transformation. And Adam, I'd just like to add, you know, as a CEO, there's a lot of choices. Um, they're all very consequential. When it comes to the approach to do this, the most important thing for me is that it's sustainable. When you look at Ford, we have cut in the past and it grows back, or we have cut everywhere and not really focused on the industrial system. So for me, the approach that we're taking that's very different and very difficult is um, that, it, that it has to be daily work, gaps to competition, countermeasures, uh, action plans for those countermeasures, constant evaluation of the effectiveness of those countermeasures, um, celebration of those KPIs and our status in daily management, um, it has to be a more fundamental approach than holding our breath or dealing with the output like people and getting into the real industrial systems efficiency. And that is a cultural change as a leader. It's a behavioral change. It is not just a program. I really like hearing this. <laughs> I really feel it. I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, Jim is a really good actor, but man, I believe him. I like Jim Farley, and I don't know if I said this earlier in the podcast or not, but this is a guy that you that I really feel like you could just go out and have a beer and just talk. Like, if I ever had him on the show, I feel like it wouldn't be like having a CEO on the show, because I've done that before, and but I don't know if you know <laughs> I don't know if you noticed I didn't like it that much. But I think I'd like to have Jim Farley on the show. Um, Jim, let me know if you're interested. Next up, we are going to hear... Um, one of the analysts asks if it maybe makes more sense if they just kind of pare down operations around the world, like stick to what makes you money in that region. I, I mean, you know, you'd mentioned, Jim, about scrubbing, you know, scrubbing things foundationally and, and really getting to, you know, some costs that are, that are excess. And I appreciate, you know, the, the three areas you, you've highlighted. Um, but as we look around the world, I mean, Europe is, um, you know, had fits and starts of, of making us all kind of excited that it's going to work and then it doesn't, you know, from time to time. And, you know, China, you kind of been chasing yep. you know, competition there and it hasn't really yep. paid out for you. Uh, but there are two very important parts of, of Europe and, and China that are that are very strong for you. Um, commercial vehicle in Europe is incredibly strong. So could we just strip Europe back to pure commercial vehicle? And could China just strip back to pure Lincoln, two places we know you're making money and, and, and cut out the other the other the other stuff um, so that you can actually fund the transition that you're talking about? I mean, it just you know, we, we kind of all dance around this stuff and you know, you've headed in this direction with the global redesign, yep. but there's there's real opportunities here to be really profitable. No, you you hit on it, and I'm glad we're getting into some of the strategies. I mean, I would think of China business similar to what we've done in South America and IMG, small but profitable, focused. You know, we've been in the past in China, kind of small but focused on everything. And Lincoln and our commercial with JMC is very profitable and, and an important business, but they have to make the EV transition. And, you know, 
I don't think you can be globally successful in the EV business if you don't compete um, uh, with the Chinese. I mean, they're going to come to Europe. They're already there. They're going to come to the U.S. BUID is a powerhouse. Geely, there's so many others. And uh, so we believe China is very strategically important for us. Um, but to win there, we have to make those businesses transition profitably to EV. But I would think of it as kind of small and focused, maybe maybe you know, even more than past. Um, and Europe is, is definitely, you know, we, we have a great CV business, commercial vehicle business that now is getting electrified. So we're like making that transition. Now we have a new Ranger, uh, the electric version of transit, one ton transit. And, and all of them, we have a new manufacturing site in Romania. That's really scaling up now in commercial. So we have a really strong business and the decision really is, how, how much do we need? How much, how many engineers, how many people do we need in Europe? And how big of a profile do we need in, in passenger cars? That's the decision. We, we, we've already, you know, electrified Cologne and that, that's really the decision. It's not the right time to talk about where we're going to go, but we know exactly our strength in Europe. Um, and we know what we need to do. So, and you, you won't have to wait long to hear from us on on these things. First of all, it sounds like they have a plan. It sounds very confident. They don't want to talk about that plan, but that's fine. And then EV competition. I've been beating this drum for six years. Don't discount the Chinese automakers because they are going to be the ones that are the direct threat. This is like the 70s and 80s with the Japanese automakers. Like they're going to build really good products and they're going to make inroads into the U.S. market and North American market and Europe and stuff like that, much like Toyota did. And then even, you know, uh, Kia and Hyundai, like when I was in high school, those were cars that were basically throwaway cars. And now they're really good brands and they build a really good car. So don't discount these folks. All right, next up, we have a small little bit of information on Model E. However, there's not a lot. We didn't get a lot of information. It's just a little, little piece. So I included it because it was the only piece. So let's listen to it. Maybe just to switch gears on Model E, if I can ask Jim a question. Uh, You've got this target of 8%, and that 8% margin target presumably has some assumptions for where costs will go, but also where pricing is going to go. And just considering everyone's aspirations for growth in EVs, do you think you can stand by those pricing assumptions? Or maybe a different way of asking this is, do you think you can sell a $40,000 electric crossover with a 20% gross margin? That is a very important question. The reality is we, will, we are structuring our portfolio to compete in very specific segments. The two-row crossover is, you know, turning out to be the Corolla Civic of the EV business. And, um, you know, the last thing we want to do is commoditize our products by dropping their price. Just look at what happened to Henry Ford in the 20s and the early teens. Um, and that's exactly what we're seeing play out here. Um, we didn't have to touch the pricing at all for Lightning and, and E-Transit because we picked the right segments. But the real driver of our future profitability on Model E 
is these second cycle products. We didn't know what we didn't know when we designed these first three products. We didn't know that our wiring harness from Maki was 1.6 kilometers longer than it needed to be. We didn't know it's 70 pounds heavier and that that's worth $300 a battery. We didn't know that we underinvested in braking technology to save on the battery size. We didn't know that we needed the world's best aerodynamicist to get the size of the battery smaller. Um, and so now we have learned a lot and that second cycle of the product is in, you know, the factory right now being developed with, you know, a lot of new talent. Um, so I'm very optimistic about our 8% because we are not going to be playing in the two row commodity SUV market. Um, because that's, because Ford tried that in the ice business didn't really work out for us. Um, we want to play our hand, our strength, commercial, truck, um, larger vehicles. On the category side, we do not want to have too many top hats because that costs a lot to engineer. Uh, we want to have minimum choice for customers, but we want to design the smallest possible battery for competitive size. And we want to invest differently in our ICE business for radical simplification. You know, 30, 40, 50% less fasteners. No brackets in the vehicle. I can go on and on. We'll get into it capital markets day. Um, I think we should expect all brands to protect growth when it comes to EV. And that for we have to expect negative pricing. Um, and that means software and other items like that become even more critical. I can't wait to show you our new electric architecture. Because to me, that's the most invest in most critical strategic investment the company is making. Not our batteries, not the EV platforms, but our new fully updatable electric architecture. Because what we've learned on Pro is we can make real money on software. You know, something that I just kind of took for granted was that Ford has been an automaker for a really long time. Something hundred plus years or whatever it is, right? Um, the Mach-E is a really good car. I didn't realize how many things that could be improved in that car. Now, obviously, Ford's first electric vehicle or real electric vehicle that's compelling because they didn't have one kind of before that. Ford's first electric vehicle that was compelling, um, there's going to be some things they can improve on. It sounds like there's a lot that can be improved on for the Mach-E. So that's that. That was interesting, and I'm sure there's you know similar things that can be improved with the F-150 Lightning as well, and we'll see their improvements in the future. I'm I'm excited to hear about Ford's new uh, EV architecture and platform. Um, I sounds like there's going to be a lot of uh, improvements, and it sounds like they're going to rely heavily on software updates. They really hit. Um, software hard this earnings call so we're gonna go to our last clip which is basically about software so let's let's listen in we were guessing before but now we kind of know what the first three shippable large tam software revenue sources are for our industry the first is partial autonomy um the second is safety and security and the third is um, productivity. 
And the star pupil in there, the early leader is definitely 8S um, on pricing and revenue growth. I mean, the growth we're seeing, the demand we're seeing for Blue Cruise and all ADAS features is really driving a lots of software shipment. We're about to ship our second cycle of Blue Cruise already, um, and we are really starting to see that that is clearly what customers want revenue-wise. And I, I do believe in this first, you know, three, four years of software to the car that ADAS that level two, level three system is really the most remarkable, you know, TAM. However, in the background for Ford, the productivity software in Pro is is really important. It's maybe unique to us, but it is a very important part of our software revenue, which we will lay out in May. You'll see more specifics on it, but it's it's very profitable. The customers love the data. Um, and they have a higher demand for the data and the software than the retail customer. Um, I think the slow burn, the one in the background that I'm super excited about, is the third leg of the stool of safety and security. Not like, you know, someone stole your car, but it's video content, um, you know, a lot of it tied to insurance. So this is going to be a really interesting area. Kind of think of your car as an extension of your ring and, and all the safety and security you have in your house now, all that technology, you know, the car's going to be another note on that. Um, it'll go for everything from, you know, teenage drivers uh, to, to all sorts of things, and that video capture is going to be the essence. Another reason why we think our next electrical architecture is so strategically important for the company because we want to embed that hardware and software and adaptability in the electric architecture so we can ship the software, better software than our competition on safety and security, even if it's a little fuzzy on what the features are today. I don't know. <laughs> you know, again, I like I like Jim uh, Farley, but maybe you... <laughs> Maybe you don't say, even if we don't know what the features are today. Well, they're a little fuzzy, the safety and security, but we have an idea as to what direction we're going to go in. I don't know. I'm looking forward to hearing what they're planning, and I'm sure we'll find out more in May. I'm guessing it's going to be something similar to Tesla's uh, Sentry mode. But yeah, uh, just kind of a funny way for him to 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 put that. I really hope that Ford doesn't gouge people on Blue Cruise. He mentioned le- mentioned um, level two and level three driving. I'm not sure that Ford's quite that level three point. You know, um, with level three driving, you can actually be. It could be in certain areas you can be level three driving. So maybe there's one stretch of road in Nevada that allows you to do level three driving. And then the rest of it's just level two. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what they do. I, I just really hope that they don't charge a bunch of money. I hope they don't charge $15,000 for these uh, services. Because I just think that's a disservice to the customer. And it's gross. So I, I think these companies should make money. But they shouldn't gouge the customers making money. And then tout how safe this is for you. But yet only a few people can afford it, will actually get to uh, use it. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. Ford does let you use Blue Cruise, I think, for two years or three years, which is good. 
All right, everybody, that is it for us this week. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. I also put all of the links as far as Allison's show and my other playlist, Shuffle Playlist. I put those links in the show notes. And I'm also going to put a link to Bart's website, which is bartofficer.net. Um, go check them out. They're really lovely people. Bart's been on the show before. Obviously, Allison's been on the show several times before. So um, I think you will come to love them as much as I do. They're wonderful people. All right, everybody, if you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can find me on Twitter, at 918digital. Hope you all have a wonderful week, and I will talk to you on Friday. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.